in the 8th chapter of Luke, this story that's actually told in three of the four Gospels is about a man who was severely, I mean severely, possessed by demons. He was so possessed by demons that he couldn't be constrained and held in a regular jail, prison, or dungeon. So the Bible tells us that this man had to be kept in several chains in tombs by the water, by the lake. And one day, he was approached by Jesus, or he saw Jesus coming. And when, when Jesus got out of a boat and started walking his way, this man began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of the Most High God, what do I have to do with you? Because Jesus had cast the demon out of the man. And when he cast the demon out of the man, the demons, now listen to this, because this has always puzzled me, this story here. The, the man asked, the, the demons asked Jesus, because when Jesus said, what is your name? He wasn't talking to the man, he was talking to the demon. He said, what's your name? And the demon said, Legion, because we are many. And the demons begged Jesus that he would not cast them into the abyss or the bottomless pit. Instead, there was a huge, a very large, some people think over 2,000 uh, swine in a herd, pigs. And, and the demons said, don't cast us into the abyss, but, but let us go into those pigs over there. And the reason this is, is because you all know this, that Satan is never satisfied, satisfied with just occupying us. You know he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So see, his mission, even though he had this man in a very terrible state, he, he wasn't happy with just that. And he said, he said, just, just let us go. The demon said, just let us go over there, and then we can carry out our mission. And this is kind of a, a side note that I've always been encouraged by. Yes, encouraged by. If Jesus will grant demons what they ask, even though it's this, then how much more will he grant his children that he bled and died for what you come to him in faith, believing and asking for. And Jesus did that. He left. He let the man do just that. The demons do just that. And the Bible says, verse 34, says that when those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled it and told it in the city and in the country. Then... They went out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed because he was so bad off he wouldn't even keep his clothes on. Clothed and in his right mind. And so the people were afraid. They also who had seen it told them by what means he had been delivered or who had been demon-possessed, was healed. Then the whole multitude, everybody, 
of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked Jesus, asked him, to depart from them. For they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Now, if you'll go down to verse 40, it says, So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude there at his new location welcomed him. For they were all waiting for him. You know, and I'm sorry that this is so early on, but when I just get into worship, it just kind of leaks out of me and I can't help it. That's just, just, just that well thing that, that just runs. I told you just a minute ago I was going to ask you a question. And so here's the question. And I want every single person inside, outside the building, I want you to pay close attention to this question because this is your question, not you and your wife or husband or children or parents. This is your question. Just how much of Jesus do you really want? See, what happened here was these people wanted enough of Jesus that didn't disturb their level of faith, that didn't disturb their level of living, that didn't really rock the boat of doing great and mighty things that you know not of. See, when Jesus gets to that place in a hungry, thirsty life of a believer or believers, then he can, at that moment, show you great and mighty things that you know not of. But see, this is the condition that the body of Christ is faced with right now. And that condition is that we want that much of Jesus, but when Jesus begins to do these great, I've never seen those, I wasn't raised that way type of things, then we just kind of want Jesus to go away. Because that's uncomfortable, you see. I'm not used to that. I don't understand that. I don't know if I believe that. So Jesus, would you just, just leave? And see, that happens all the time. People may not ask them like they did in this particular way. But we do this by shutting Jesus out. Whether it's verbally, or it's with our faith, or it's with our doctrine, or it's with our conversation, or with us just leaving church after church after church after church until we find one that doesn't go all the way there. But I want to go ahead and let you know this. People always have been uncomfortable with Jesus when He does the miraculous, when He does the unthinkable. But there is always a group of people somewhere that's welcoming him and just waiting on him. There's a remnant, there's a group, there's a church, there's a prayer meeting, there's a couple, there's a family, that there's a life group, there's a men's group, a ladies group, there's a, a group at work, on break, on lunch, there's a group at school, there's a group somewhere that's always glad to see Jesus. 
and there, and it might be two, but I've got great news where two or more are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of those. So see, Jesus will always be found where people are welcome, him, and waiting. So I'm asking you again, how much of Jesus do you want? Do you want just enough where it doesn't require anything of you, any more of you, where it's not costing you something, where it's not challenging you, where, where you know, fasting, I just save that to whatever I do at the first. I, I'm not having to give anymore. I'm not having to do anymore. I'm not reading. I'm not searching. In fact, I've pretty much just left the relationship part until, you know, church, because that's safe and that's good. I'm asking you, church, this is not something I am just posing for you to ponder on. I'm asking you this question today. How much of Jesus do you want? Do you want so much of Jesus that you've never seen that much of him before? Or that it challenges you. It's almost scary in a good way of what he can do and is doing around you. Does anybody want that much of Jesus? Because if you don't, I'll just go ahead and skip over a lot of things. Not, not that, but, but, but skip over a lot of thinking. If you don't want Jesus with everything that's in you, if you are not this type of person that wants all you can have, and see a lot of people will kind of try to like dissect this and say, well, we've got all of Jesus. Let me tell you something. When I say Jesus, I'm talking about the Trinity of God. I'm talking about the Spirit of God that God can pour out over and over and over and over again in your life until there's not enough room. If God can open up windows of heaven and you not have enough room to receive that, don't you think that He can fill you with Himself in a way that you can't receive that? We want Him to fill us with enough money that we can't contain it, or blessing, or health, or knowledge, or wisdom, or wealth. So God can fill you with Himself more than you can contain. So how much of Jesus do you want? How much of Jesus do you want multitudes church to have? You see, I know some people that came here one time, and they just got scared. It was just a little bit too much. I'm just giving you bits and pieces of conversation. I know people that's done that, preacher. And it just, you know, I felt bad because I worked on them so long to get them here. And then that's one of them days where, I, you know, I just thought it was going to be good that day. And then all that other stuff happened. How much of Jesus do you want? I'm asking you a question. And I really, really want you to, 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 to know on this. I want you to answer this in your heart. You don't have to say anything out loud, but I want you to answer because the God is the one asking you this question. How much of me do you want in this last days? I said I would pour. How much do you want? Or is it too uncomfortable already because somebody I spoke in tongues or we just sang a little bit too much? How much do you want, church? Do you want a worship service that you've never ever set in before? Do you want to see God in a thick cloud and it's not produced by a hazer? Do you want to see God re release the bones of Ron Cheek in his leg? 
or all these other people that have affliction inside. How much do you want of Jesus? How much? It's available, you see. It's available. And we either want him or we don't. This week, to help you with this, this whole subject today, you are going to see the letter W. And when you see it, I want it to remind you of two words, welcoming and waiting. Some of you will pass by, I don't know, Walgreens, when you see the W. I want you to think about, today while I'm driving, am I welcoming the Lord in my drive? Am I just waiting on God? Waiting on Him to arrive at my need and situation. Or am I going crazy and I'm losing control? Some of you will pass by Walmart. Some of you will go by Waffle House and you'll see it. Some of you will go uh, close to the hospital and you'll see Wells Fargo. Some of you will go by Wendy's and you'll go by Wendy's and you'll go by and You're in the drive-thru, by the way. You'll go by Wendy's and you'll go by Wendy's. and you'll go. But when, on that ninth time this week, you're going by Wendy's. When you see that W, I want you to think, am I welcoming the Lord? Am I waiting on the Lord? Or I'm, I'm just kind of just hoping, freaking out. I'm worrying. You see, because there is no way you can have so much of Jesus and still worry. See, the people that are hungry and thirsty after the Lord are the people that do just this right here. The more you get, the more you receive. You know, we've been doing milkshakes every Wednesday night. This is the last Wednesday night over at the school, 630 to 6.50. This is not an announcement, by the way. But behind where Mike and Gene and Billy prepare those shakes for you, there's a big old canvas print. That says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And it's not referring to the milkshake, although they are wonderful. But see, when you are hungry after the Lord and you've tasted the Lord, then everything else starts becoming bitter in taste. It's not as good before you got full on the Lord and before you felt the Lord and before you saw the Lord move in a great and mighty way, before you were a part of a service where the Lord did the unthinkable. See, your appetite changes when your heart changes because where your treasure is is where your heart is. And you're going to see that W a lot and every time you see it, that's what I want you to do. You know, back in 1928, there was, a, there was an organization started called the Welcome Wagon. And it was started by a man in Memphis, Tennessee called, his name was Thomas Briggs. And Mr. Briggs was inspired by the stories of the early wagons that would come westward. And the travelers would be met by and greeted by people in the area that would give them fresh food. And, and water for their journey. And the term that, well, I, I thought we all come to know 
when I was telling Derek about the slide this morning, he was just shaking his head. So I'm really older than I know I am, and uh, so are some of you. Amen. Some of you know what the welcome wagon is. You, you, you heard about the welcome wagon. You see, it's time for the people of God once again to become His welcome wagon. We are in this church service and we've all come here today. God told me to put this pulpit up here today so there wouldn't be any waste of time when we get to the altar in a minute. But I can already physically see that there's a disadvantage because I can see people a little bit better than I need to see people right now. Don't cut the lights out. So if you're not praying... And you're not talking, you are distracting me, okay? Amen. You really are. And that's not good in the eyes of God. So yes, I have seen you. And I want you to be very respectful of the Word of God. You don't have to, you don't have to like think I'm all that, but you have to respect the Word of God. You have to. And can somebody want amen that? You have to. There's not an option, even for the world. You have to respect the Word of God. It's God's Word. And until you and I understand that what God is wanting, He's wanting a people that all through the week, you begin your day. You carry out your day. You go through your day and you welcome the Lord. Lord, I don't like what they just told me at work. I got a negative report a while ago. And when I went through the drive through at the bank and I got the balance... It, it, it's really messed things up. I forgot about this. And, and instead of all of these things controlling me, I'm just going to take, I, I'm not oblivious to it. The truth is the truth. But the ultimate truth is, I had rather focus and just worship you, God. I'd rather welcome you into this situation. See, a lot of us wait until 10.30ish on Sunday morning. No, this is the day on Monday that the Lord is made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Tuesday is the day that the Lord is made. I don't care what I hear. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what I go through. I'm just going to welcome you into this situation. I'm not going to turn you away and say, God, you didn't do it last time I prayed. I'm going to welcome you in, God, and I'm just going to praise you and while I praise you and while I welcome you, I'm going to wait because you'll see in the next two weeks what happens when Jesus is welcome and when people wait on Him, exactly what takes place. In church, when we get to the place where we do it Monday through Saturday and we walk through those glass doors and what hits our mouth and what hits our feet and what hits our hands is I'm going to bring you, I'm going to be the welcome wagon. I've got a fresh praise on my lips I'm going to give you this morning. I've got a, a fresh well of gratitude coming out of me, God, and I'm going to worship you in spirit and in truth. And when these people at multitudes become the welcome wagon for the presence of God, you're going to see things that you've never seen before. You're going to see a side of God you really thought was just in the Bible and it was for days gone by. You're going to see God show you great 
great and mighty things that you know not of. Things you've prayed over for years and fasted uh, years. You're going to see when we get to where we can just focus and we can all be unified on the presence of God. God's going to show you just what He can let loose. Just the chains He can break. He can show you how He can restore a man that's been demon possessed. He can show you how He can put back a, a marriage. How He can give you back a clear mind. How He can give you back great health again. But we've got to be the welcoming people that understand it doesn't matter about nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This morning. This morning. God's, he's, he's worthy of your praise today. He's worthy of your praise this morning. And I would not even bring this up, but I'm, I can glorify God in it. Since Friday, but especially the past, I don't know, 12 or 18 hours. And I told Angie, I said, I know it's Satan. Satan. He detests this message that I'm preaching today. He'd rather for me to tell you about anything. But don't talk to you. Don't talk to you. Don't bring it up. Don't challenge you for the greater things of God. Don't challenge you to be a welcoming vessel and a worshiping vessel. Talk to you, preach to you about anything. About how good life can be and all. But just don't bring this before you. But see, it's what God wants. And it's what God wants for you. And I don't know what had happened. I thought I had a problem with a partial torn rotator cuff. But something happened to my back on Friday. And it, I did some things. Now I probably shouldn't have done. Well, I know I shouldn't. Because whatever it was, it aggravated it. And all through the night and this morning, I could not even take a step. I mean, not because I'm a sissy and a lot of people say, well, that's a matter of opinion. I could not, without at 5.15 or whatever time, going upstairs without water, just come because when I would take a step, it, 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 it was like knives in my back just trying to walk. And the devil says, you won't be doing that today. And it took me about three minutes to get into the car about 6.30 this morning. And then when I parked out here, it took me about another three minutes to get out. And this is, God is my witness. When I was opening the door, I said, when I get home, I'm getting in those jets. I'm getting in that whirlpool. But then something happened. From the time I said that, till I, I got to those glass doors. And the Holy Ghost checked me that the very first word on that door with that etch vinyl says, enter. Hallelujah. My whole thinking went from whirlpool to welcome. And I began, and the Holy Ghost began just to pray through me. Before I even got my foot in the door, I began to glorify God. I said, Lord, this is your house. These are your people. I'm your servant and this is your word. You've called and ordained this message in this day and I will preach your word. Pain freer, full of pain. And I began to worship. I said, God, I welcome you in this place. 
I welcome you here. Nobody's here but me, God. But before anybody gets here, I welcome you into this house. I want you to enjoy yourself today. I want you to do what you want to do today, God. Your agenda is my agenda. I just want you to know, God, I welcome you. And I'm going to wait and just see what you want to do today. Folks, by the time I got into the sanctuary, after I disabled the alarm, the power of God began to just penetrate my body. And I just began to walk better than I could walk. Hallelujah. I began to worship more. I began to praise God more. I had church before church. That's the best church in the world sometimes. And I'm going to tell you right now, when we got up here and we were singing that last song, I didn't even know, but I already felt better. And it had already moved down to my knees before I got here this morning and I was kind of worried about all that kind of stuff. And I just caught myself just, just sporadically not even paying it. I slammed my foot on the door and I just said, Thank you, power of God, because I couldn't have did that for $50 trillion this morning. You see... You've got to get to a place. I don't care how bad it hurts. And some of you can testify to this. You've got to get to a place where you become the welcome wagon. God didn't promise us we would have pain-free lives. But He said we could have a life of worship. He said we could live a life of praise. He said we could live a life, hallelujah, that welcomes Him. And listen, this is why He draws near to those that draw near to Him. This is why He inhabits the praises of His people. Because He knows somebody don't want Him. He's not prestigious enough. He's not proper enough for some churches. He's just that's just way too much. We don't want divine healing in our midst. We don't want gifts of the Spirit going on. That's just too embarrassing when people watch us online or they visit with us or they ask us about our church or do you go to that church? But I am telling you, we are living in a day and in a time where nothing is going to work but divine demonstration of the power of God. Chains are not going to break. Demon-possessed people are not going to be set free. Drug people are not going to be set free. People that are living in adultery are not going to change. People that are embezzling money. People that lie. People that do not really care about God until it's very, very bad. None of that is going to be addressed by anything but the power and the working of the Holy Ghost in a group or people or a church of people that know Jesus is the only thing that matters and I worship you with everything I got and I don't care who beside me sees me welcome God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. You see, big things, extraordinary things happen when people welcome and wait on the Lord. You know some of the same stories I know. What about the second chapter of Acts? What were they doing? They wasn't having a sale. Nothing wrong with sales. We'll have one in a couple of months again. Wasn't wrong with projects. God knows we've got projects. We've got more. Nothing wrong with crusade. We're getting ready to have one. But this is what he told them to do. In Acts chapter 1, he said this right here. He said, being assembled together with them. He commanded them this right here. He said, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of 
the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And all of you know this right here. Thank you, God, I can do that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not joking. Thank you, God, I can do that. Hallelujah. I give you praise for being able to do that, God. I give you all the praise. I don't take it for granted, and I got time to stop and thank you for touching me and allowing me to pick that up. But when those people did what they were told to do, and I'm going to just tell you, church, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, I, I, I'm still holding back. I know I am. I know I am. But the recipe, Old Testament, New Testament, me and you Testament, never changed. it's never changed. It's never changed at all. If you go all the way back, what did he tell Joshua and the people to do? He said, I just want you to worship. Just walk and worship. Walk and worship. Six days, walk and worship. Walk and worship. And that's where it is, church. God is not the God of the dead. We don't want mechanical robots in this church by any. And we don't try to work things up. It ought to be a natural thing inside of every believer. But I'm telling you, God desires praise from His people. That's why He said the rocks will cry out if we don't. And He told those people with Joshua, He said, you've got a wall problem. And the only way a wall problem is going to be addressed is by welcoming me. And you welcome me when you walk. And I know you get weary. You get worn out all the other W's. You just get bad and mad and all that. But if those walls are as bad as you say they are, you will just worship me and walk you won't watch the walls you'll just worship me and walk I'm going to take care of the walls I just need you to take care of welcoming me and waiting on me and you know they did that for six days but glory to his name glory to his name when they did it the seventh day when they marched 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 the last time shout Shout, shout, shout. I'm going to put you on the spot. Everybody in this place, as loud as you can, I want you to say hallelujah on the count of three. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Nobody charged you with a crime. Nobody come and cut your head off. Nobody stuck a gun in your face. Don't let the rocks cry out, church. It didn't hurt you to do that, did it? But you know what it did? It about broke the necks of angels in heaven if that would have been possible. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? How good that sounds. See, that's what he's... If your wall's bad enough, you'll worship. If your wall's bad enough, you'll worship. You're welcome. They did it. And what happens when you don't do it? When you get tired and you get lazy and you get a form of godliness. If you go on back farther in the Bible, you'll read where Moses was having a time with God and he was getting the commandments from, and the people got tired the people didn't do what they should have been doing they should have been worshiping God but they quit doing that and they got impatient and this is the same thing that's happened to when you get impatient and you quit worshiping God you will turn to other gods you will turn to other things you will turn to other images and that's what they did and it cost them big time and see God is a jealous God you know that 
God's a jealous God. And this is why, church, in these closing moments of this life, we need to focus on welcoming God into everything in our life. And then the walls that you call about, that you text about, you email about, you write and send in about, you would see the walls fall. God's not waiting on me to do it. He's waiting on us to do it. He's waiting on us to welcome Him together when we come in. He's not even waiting on a shofar or a countdown. When your feet hit the floor out there, outside of those, He's wanting you to, that was His idea, by the way, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with welcome. That's what the Lord is wanting. And you go all the way to the, the upper room, they were there 120 gathered. They did what they were told to do. They did exactly that. They just waited. Go and tarry. And we don't like it. Everything we can get, we can either download it, we can buy it through an app, we can go through a drive through and get it. But you don't do that with God. You've got to welcome Him. You've got to wait on Him. Because see, if you don't wait on Him, you're going to mess up what He had for you. I'm talking to every person in here and every single person sitting in this room right now. Every single person, those that are watching now. You all, down to the smallest child in here, every one of you has a situation, at least one, or a dilemma that it will not come by any other means except for a divine, divine Intervention from heaven. Every one of us. You may have money and you may have help. But you got a, a family member you're worried about. You may have a job today, but you know somebody who just started a rumor that they might take your job. Every person in here, you know somebody that's that's just so bound by the devil. They'll do anything. Every one of us in this room. You've got something. All of us in this room. We've got a demoniac situation. That's so bad. That it has to be kept in tombs. But God wants me to tell all of us today. That all we have to do together. Is just welcome and wait. Welcome and wait. Welcome and wait. And God will set that situation free. And you will be free indeed. They will be free indeed. It will be in free indeed of whatever it is and God will be glorified I want you to stand if you will the Bible tells us in the 40th chapter of Isaiah they that wait on the Lord listen to this this is Old Testament they that Wait on the Lord. Church, everybody just stop and listen to me. We're too busy. Every one of you in this place, starting with me, we're just too busy. We're too busy. We're too busy. We're too busy. That's why we, we've given up. We want to go to heaven. But we've given up on the Lord. 
We'll never admit that. But we've given up on the Lord. That's why we won't wait on Him. And that's why we don't think He's really worthy of us welcoming. See, because if it's in your heart, it's going to flow out of you, church. That's the bottom line. You can't deny that. And it's not even something you have to work up. If He's that inside of you, then you can't help but to praise Him. And see, it's back to relationship. That's why we won't wait on Him anymore. But God says this right here. God says, I've got everything you need. I'm talking to everybody today now. I've got everything you need. And things that you've kind of just really dismissed because you think it's it's just too big. When we go to Caitlin and Tyler's a lot and Angie will vouch for me that every time I turn and go through Myers Park I pray for Ron Cheek (laughs) it'll be five years in November (sighs) I know he can do it There's no doubt in my mind. And I just brought up Ron because I feel that way about a lot of you in here. I feel that way about a lot of the church. I don't know how to I don't know how to tell you this, but just to tell you out of my heart. The Lord is just waiting on us. We got to drop our guards down. Y'all, listen to me. You got to drop your guards down. This is not what this place was intended for when God built the church. The Lord thought of so much power coming out of the house of God. He said, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. So much power, he said. Not even the gates of hell can come against my establishment. And see, over time, whatever the reason, it doesn't matter what the reason is, the devil's been able to shut us up. We don't welcome the Lord anymore. God's ready to do something. I know it for two weeks now. On Monday afternoon, I've gotten in my vehicle and went to a prayer meeting in Charlotte. In the first week I was there, the pastor, I ran into him going in the building. I just said, I can't get people to pray at my church. I want to go where people understand the day and age we're living in. And this is not to be negative, church. But I'm telling you, when you get hungry... If you're a bum on the street like Mackie's mind up here, you'll even go to a trash can if it'll help you do something about the hunger pain. Amen. The devil said, you could drive, you can drive two miles and get to the church. No, I want it to hurt, man. Price tag, I want it to hurt because I want to see God move at that level. 
I want it to hurt me. I will not offer something to God that costs me nothing. I want it to hurt. I want to be taken out of my comfort zone. I don't care about the drive to Charlotte or California or just two miles up the road where people are hungry. By the way, we always pray the last three nights of the month, but we're not going to do that this time. We're not doing it like that. I'm calling the whole church. I'm calling the whole church to prayer tonight at 6 o'clock. The whole church. You mean me? I got here early at night. I'm calling the whole church, man. And let me, let me just make it real for you like He's made it real for me. Before Jesus was crucified, if He felt the need to go pray, then brothers and sisters... There is absolutely no excuse that is justifiable or acceptable before God that His people do not need to be in His house praying before Him and welcoming Him. And I know, well, I didn't know you were going to do that. That's not true. I've already made plans. Why did you make plans? We didn't start praying the last three nights two months ago did we church even those that you don't never come you know we just didn't start it two months ago or six months ago amen and I'm telling you I could say if it's bad enough you'll come that's when we always since 1997 that's when you've always seen changes in the lives of I, I don't even know how many people when it got bad enough there's just something about us about our flesh nature that 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 we demand that it gets bad before we get down and dirty with the Lord I'm telling you I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again but I don't want to say it that way today I want to say when it gets good enough you've tasted you're ready to taste you're going to be there. So do what about me? I, I, it's church-wide. It's in your bulletin. Church-wide. The people that don't come to prayer will be the very first ones that will call you and email you and ask you to pray about a very urgent need. And I'm telling you, out of respect, it's not that bad. If it's not bad enough for you to show up on Wednesday night, you to come to prayer, you to read, you to fast, you to come to Bible study, it's not that bad. I don't care what you've been told. When it gets bad, you get bad. And I get bad. I'm guilty. You know, and I'm going to say this and then we're going to pray. It just has to get to a lull in the church. I'm going to admit this to you. It just has to get to a lull where it just seems like, man, we're coming in and I'm going through the motions. We're going through the motions. And yes, we get praise reports. But you just, you just know that there's more. And it has to get just really, really low before I just say, no, I'm not eating. And you say, what you, I'm not eating. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm just praying. <laughs> and last night, even in the middle of all that pain, <laughs> I was, we were just playing worship videos for the baby on TV. And Angie said, you all right? 
But I, I would have to go into the kitchen to hold this back. Because it's strong. And so I'm telling you, God's going to do it. It might just be me and four other people. But I've made my mind, as long as I stay and I pastor this church, I'm going to see God move. I'm not pushing Him away and saying, well, we just bored and we're tired. We, we, we got enough. We're good. I want all He will give me. I want to see every miracle. I want to see dead people raised. I want to see this to be a cancer-free free place like I told you. I want to see limbs that are crippled. I want to see, I've always had this vision of that high ceiling foyer out there being lined with hooks that's got wheelchairs and crutches and walkers and all kinds of things. A basket that's got pacemakers and all kinds of things in it. I'm, I'm just ready to see God move like I know He is moving somewhere, church. And it's possible. Now I'm going to ask you this. And God knows I mean what's coming out of my mouth right now. But if you won't, I'm asking you. I'm not asking you and you. Person beside you, I'm asking you. Are you ready to welcome the Lord? How much of Jesus do you want? How much of Jesus do you want? Here it is. How much of Jesus do you want? It's about 60 feet right there. How much of Jesus do you want? How much? Lord, I want, I want it. I'm not turning you away. I'm not pushing you away. I'm not out of fear or embarrassment or whatever. I'm not pushing you away. Hallelujah. And I can't tell you. I can't tell you, but you can create it. I can't tell you what the environment feels like to be in a room of a thousand or fifteen hundred people. No agenda but prayer and worship. Nothing else. I can't even describe that to you, but I can tell you that you can create that. Father God, we worship you. We welcome you. I want to do this. Don't tell him you need. He knows you need. Give him, give him your worship. Welcome him. We already had praise and worship. Now I, I, I want you to welcome the Lord. In your own way, I want you to say, Lord, I welcome you. Don't pray over your need, but you can welcome him into it, though. Say, Lord, I welcome you into this. I welcome you into this right now, Lord. And I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to push you away with doubt, with fear, with disbelief. I'm not going to do it, Lord. Hallelujah.
for us. Hello. Welcome. You've already sang it one time today. Welcome. Welcome into this place. Into this broken vessel, this broken vessel, you desire to abide in the praises of your people. So we It's time for us to pray. And the Lord knows we need to pray. And this is how we're going to leave today. We're going to leave praying and worshiping. This might be where it happens. Hallelujah. And I want you to I want you to listen as you worship. Hallelujah. This is your prayer and my prayer today. Holy Spirit,
take what you want and you can give what you please because we trust you because you are so good but in this room tonight Holy Spirit would you come and renew the strength of your people those who are hurting those who are weary those who have marriages that they're more just like transactional business partners the broken those who of cancer, those who are sick. God, those who are just depressed and discouraged, Lord, would you please, would you renew their strength? So we're gonna sing that tag, Holy Spirit, come and renew our strength. And I believe that as we do that, if we truly, truly open our hands wide and we just say, God, whatever you want, we trust you, we put our eyes on you, when we do that, he will, he will come and renew our strength. He will encourage us. He will take the broken things and he will make them beautiful.
Hallelujah. God, we praise you and we love you. And God, we are going to be your welcome wagon, Lord. Lord, you said if we come to you, you would in no wise cast us out, Lord. And God, I don't know how that feels on your side of knowing you give us authority over everything and all power, Lord. And the same power that's inside of us is the same power that raised you from the dead. Lord, I don't know how it feels when we reject all that and that level of living. But God, we're going to find out just what it means to start this Sunday being a church that is focused on welcoming you. God, every day this week, everywhere we drive, we ride, we look, we see, help us to know, Lord, that you made that day and that's the proper time and it's very appropriate to welcome you. Lord, if it gets bad at work tomorrow, help us to know that's when we really need to welcome you, Lord. We need to worship you, Lord. Worship breaks all chains. Worship crushes every stronghold, Lord. Worship makes walls fall down, Lord. And God, when we don't do it, we just grab idols. We just get cows made out of gold and we worship them. And then we get punished and we get nowhere, Lord. So God, we want to do the right thing. We want to do the Bible thing. You're not a believer. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved today. I need to leave out of here a worshiper. I don't need to leave here worrying anymore. I'm not going to watch people week after week and not give my heart to you. I'm giving you my heart right now, Jesus. And if you pray that prayer, the Lord will save you right now. And you won't leave this place in the same condition.